0: On the throw to first base, and the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball. this is the place you want to be We're where you want to be baseball with the Royals. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team's every day. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com for all the parts your car will ever need. Go visit rackado.com, right Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you don't have Twitter, get involved with the show on the email LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, let's recap the Astros exhibition slate and preview the East and West Regions. Let's start with that Astros game last night where the Royals were just blown out of the water last night. Now, I'm not even going to touch the pitching. Listen, folks, we've got 10 weeks. We've got a 10 week stretch here, and the pitching will be bad. The pitching will continue to be bad. So, there's no point uh, to get worked up about the pitching in an exhibition game uh, against an Astros team and an Astros lineup you're never going to see again. Uh, you know, the, the Twins are the only team in the Central that even come close to the Astros lineup that you faced the previous two days. So I'm not even going to touch the pitching. Sparkman, Lopez, Coart, they were all terrible. Everyone they brought in was terrible. I do want to talk about one pitching aspect from this game, and that is the fact that Springer, Bregman, and Altuve all got hit with a pitch, and the national media is running with this narrative that the Astros were getting hit last night because of the cheating scandal. That's simply not true. I don't know how Companies like ESPN and Yahoo can post those clips with a straight face when you look at what happened in the game. Bregman got hit with a, with a ball that barely, and I mean barely, nicked his jersey. He got away with one with the first base. Altuve got barely hit on the forearm because he swung at a ball way inside. And then Springer, he did get squared up, but that was not that was not the count to hit somebody. It was not the situation to hit somebody. He was not attempting to hit George Springer, and furthermore, why in the world would a fringe roster guy like Jorge Lopez, who was on a losing Royals team, who lost 100 games throughout the course of this Astros cheating scandal, why on earth in an exhibition game would they care enough to send a message to the Astros? It doesn't make sense. So I don't want to talk about that either. That was silly. Go watch those hit-by-pitches. If you've seen the baseball game before, you know – there's no way that was intentional. And if, they, if if it somehow was intentional, then Jorge Lopez is even worse at that. He's even worse at trying to hit somebody than he is at pitching. But something that will make Royals fans happy is Bobby Witt Jr. And man, I, I said earlier this week he is the Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Royals. And I am not backing off of that claim after what we saw on Tuesday against this Astros team uh, first of all, he makes a diving, fantastic, incredible, stellar play at third base, and it really shows you uh, that if Mondesi is good, and if Mondesi can stay healthy, and if Mondesi is someone who this team wants to build around, uh, that does not have to block your top prospect, one of the best top, you know, one of the best prospects in baseball, because he can play the hot corner so well. Uh, that diving play at third base was immaculate. It really was. And then at the dish, he goes two for five with a couple of walks, a stolen base, a run scored. I mean, you go on down the list in RBI. I mean, he was amazing. And throughout these two exhibition games against Astros pitchers, you know, being another another major league team, he's looked like the most disciplined. He's looked like the most professional hitter in the lineup as a 20-year-old kid who hasn't gotten past the Arizona Fall League or Arizona Rookie League. Bobby Witt Jr. is incredible. He's, he's sensational. And I wish, I wish this Royals team was good because he would be one of those guys. He would be one of those guys that you call up at 20 at twenty years old in the middle of the season to make a huge impact, and then he would be the biggest storyline uh, within baseball fans because he's that good. Uh, but the Royals aren't good. The Royals aren't probably going to compete this year. Uh, now, again, it's worth noting last year the Pittsburgh Pirates were in the playoffs through sixty games, so anything can happen. Uh, but in all likelihood, they're not going to compete this year, and you're not going to, uh, you know, have any reason to call up Bobby Wood Jr. Uh, but it was fun watching him play. I hope that he plays again today against the Cardinals. Uh, so embrace that while you can before he heads over to the T-Bones Ballpark and get some uh, and just continues summer camp against the, the rest of the Rose roster. Uh, but Frenchie Cordero roped a ball, 106 exit velo, RBI single into right field, and it showed off his power. I mean, that exit velo, uh, what he was able to get a hold of that ball and rip it through for an RBI single, that was awesome. That was the power I was telling you guys about. And then he comes up a couple at-bats later, and he bunts for a single. Now, I'm always anti-bunting. That was the dumbest thing to do was to bunt. Uh, It's an exhibition game, so I'll save my bunt rants for whenever Mike Matheny pulls us out in the regular season, uh, but he bunts for a single uh, and he has the speed to beat out a bunt with the power to hit 25, 30 home runs. Now I'll take uh, the chance at 25 and 30 home runs rather than increasing your bunt singles. So I don't want to bunt single just because you're fast. I'd rather have the home run. Uh, but it, it, yesterday it really put on display what I was telling everyone about uh, after this trade happened is that Frenchy has that power. He also has that speed and he's going to be a unique player in Kansas city. If he pans out, he's going to be a 2020 guy. He can get you 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. He's going to be awesome. He, he simply is. And I hope that they can find a way to rotate him into the outfield um, more. I mean, may, maybe move Hunter Dozier to third base, some games uh, and, and put him out there. There's something that they've got to do to make sure he gets at bats. I hope that uh, he finds a way onto the roster with a 30 man roster, but we'll see. Well, you know, the roster will come out tomorrow afternoon and we'll talk all about it for the Friday Uh, For the Friday opening day, spectacular. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for Friday. It's probably going to be the longest show in this show's history. I've got so much planned for Friday. Uh, But that's pretty much all the news for the game. I mean, again, I'm not going to talk about the pitchers. We all know that they sucked yesterday. We've got plenty of time throughout this 10-week stretch here to talk about how much the pitching sucks. Uh, They didn't hit the Astros on purpose. Bobby Boat Jr. wasn't fantastic. Frenchie Cordero was fantastic. Uh, But some other news here before we move into the previews. Uh, Brad Keller is going to remain on the IL officially. We kind of all knew this was going to happen. He's recovering from COVID. He's not stretched out yet. We figured this was coming down, and yesterday Mike Matheny made it official that Brad Keller will remain on the IL to start the season. And that leads me into today, Jesse Hahn is starting against the Cardinals. And Jesse Hahn is one of the only Royals with Major League experience. You know, Major League starting experience as a starting pitcher. Uh, you're not going to move Ian Kennedy back to the rotation. Uh, you know, he's, he's provided too much in that bullpen. And you really need to showcase him in that bullpen, uh, you know, for the, for the month from now, whenever the trade deadline rolls around, you want to make sure he's in that bullpen and he's playing well. In that bullpen role, and then you can move off that expiring contract for whatever prospects you can get back for them. uh, If if you're not competing yourself, again, don't let these two games uh, against the best team you're going to face all year uh, totally dissuade you, uh, because we knew they were not going to beat teams like the Twins and like the Astros Uh, to compete and to get that second wild card spot. They're going to need to beat teams like the Cubs and the Brewers, you know, and the Cardinals, and they're going to need to beat those kind of teams. The 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 step down from there, Uh, so. I'm not totally off on this team, uh, possibly competing. Again, last year in 60 games, the Pirates and the the Rangers were in the postseason. So who knows what can happen. Uh, But as a contingency plan, you need to make sure that guys like Ian Kennedy are pitching well out of that bullpen. Uh, But that's the news today. What to watch for against the Cardinals. All the regulars. uh, Now, when I'm recording this at 10 a.m., there is no lineup right now. But all the regulars did make the trip to St. Louis. I don't think you bring your regulars to St. Louis if they're not going to play. I don't think you bring them there to sit in the stands and wait and hold day and then come back to Kansas City. I don't think you do that. So I'd imagine that we see the opening day lineup today behind Jesse Hahn. How long will they play? That's another question entirely. But I think that you're going to see them to start the game. So that's that, those are two things to watch for against The Cardinals today I uh, just kind of getting you over until tomorrow whenever the OMB starts with the, with the Yankees Nationals and the Dodgers Giants. And then on Friday – Your Royals take on the Cleveland Indians to get this 60-game sprint going. After the break, we're going to talk all about the AL and NL East and the AL and NL West. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to get through the day. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arsena and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most, and it makes it even more Easy to try this amazing duo of tropicals and everything else at CBDMD has to offer. They're offering you, our listeners, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LockedOnMOB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LockedOnMOB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. So today we're going to preview. The AL East and NL East and the AL West and the NL West tomorrow, we're going to preview the AL Central. And then on Friday, we'll do the playoffs, the awards, the Royals season. We'll do everything. Royals opening day. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The next couple of days here on Locked on Royals, let's start with the AL East. And that's where the MLB season gets started in the East region with the Yankees and Nationals. Let's start with the AL East. The Yankees over under a set at 37 and a half. They have a fantastic lineup, a good bullpen, and oh yeah, they added Garrett Cole. I I think that this team, this Yankees team, is going to be incredible this year. They play it in the East, which is very, very tough. So that 37.5 mark is is scary, but I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over 37.5, and and they're going to finish first place in the AL East. Uh, Number two, the Rays, over under 34. They have a great everything. I mean, they have everything you need to win. A fantastic rotation with a three-headed monster in Morton, Snell, and Glass now. They have Austin Meadows whenever he comes back from the COVID list. They have a a fantastic lineup with Yanni Diaz and Jamin Choi. And everything you need in that lineup, they have it. And, oh, yeah, they can probably call up Wander Franco eventually in this season if they need some some extra help. But I love this race team. I think that they're going to go over 34 and that they could challenge the Yankees and they could win the East. I would not be surprised if they won the East. Uh, number three, the Blue Jays over under 28 games. Amazing young talent, amazing young bats, amazing young lineup. Fun to watch, absolutely fun to watch, but they're not ready yet. They do not have the pitching yet. Now, these, this is going to be the best team to watch, I think, and most entertaining team to watch. That's not your own favorite team. I think that you're going to have a lot of fun watching this team. I think opening day, you really need to check out this opening series between the Rays and the, and the Blue Jays. Two fun teams to watch, uh, but over under 28 games, I'm going to go over and you'll see why in a second. I'm going to go over 28 games. Uh, the only thing to note here is that they're not playing in Canada. So while no one has the home field advantage in the sense of crowd, the Blue Jays players aren't even playing at their homes. You know, I'm assuming that these players have homes in Toronto, at least for the season. Uh, they're going to be playing in Pittsburgh uh, and sharing a complex with the Pirates. So we'll see how that all works out. But I'm going to have over 28 games. But you know, they're going to call up Nate Pearson as well. They're going to have a lot of fun. With the Blue Jays, it's going to be fun to watch them play, and they're going to finish third. And they're going to be, uh, they're going to have that same feeling uh, that you guys had in 2012 and 2013 about the Royals, and that we all had about the Royals in 2012 and 2013 that they're almost there, they're almost going to contend, uh, and eventually they're going to break out because they have just they have just too much talent, not to uh Kevin Bichio. Uh, they just drafted Martin uh, Austin Martin, who I love. I mean, they have a, a great team, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So they're going to be fun to watch. Check them out at number three in the AL East. Number four, the Boston Red Sox over under 31 and a half games. Under because they have a, a good lineup. I really like their lineup, but they have absolutely no pitching. Their pitching is disastrous. So under 31 and a half. The Baltimore Orioles over under 21 and a half. I'm going to have under. I don't see anything to look forward to uh, besides maybe Addison Richman, uh, the catcher, the catching prospect. Uh, but the reason that they're going to go under 21 games is, is because – Every team is going to go into that series as if it's a do-or-die series, because it really is. While the Orioles are terrible, you see who the East has to play. While the Central has to play teams like the Twins as their best team, period, the East has to play the Rays, the Yankees, the Braves, the Nationals. I mean, they have to play all of these good teams. They have to capitalize on the O's. And so, sadly for the O's, you're not going to get to – welcome in a team that's overlooking you in the middle of July. So you're going to go under with the 21 and a half there. Again, nothing really stands out to me about those. They're just a terrible ball club. Uh, and then in the NL East, you've got the Braves over under set at 34. I'm picking them to win the division. It, it's really a tie between them and the Nationals in Vegas. I'm picking the Braves to win the division. They're the all-around best team. I mean, they're not truly elite at anything specific. I mean, they don't have an elite uh you know, bullpen of an elite, uh, you know, lineup. They have a a very good rotation, but they they need a lot of people to prove that they can step up before you call it elite. But the the good thing for them is they have a good bullpen, a good rotation, a good lineup, and and they have nothing. They do nothing terrible in in Atlanta. And I think that they're going to win the NL East. So I'm going to have the over for 34 wins for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, The Washington Nationals finish in second because of that elite rotation. As long as those starters stay healthy, if they stay healthy, this is going to be a fantastic rotation. I just have questions about that lineup. I know they're going to have Carter Keyboom at third base now. I just wonder if that if that lineup can, can duplicate what they did a year ago. Now, number three is my first real surprise, I guess, is the Philadelphia Phillies. I have them at over 31 and half wins and taking third place from the Mets because I love this lineup. I understand that they lack pitching, but I think that Nola and Wheeler at the top are just as good, uh, you know, combined as the two best with the Mets, which is DeGrom, who's better than both of those guys combined. But the drop-off to Stroman is a lot stronger than the drop-off from Nola to Wheeler. I love watching Stroman. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch in all of baseball. He has been since he was in Toronto. I love watching him, uh, but I'd take Zach Wheeler over him uh, this season and probably beyond this season. So I think that that the Phillies have a great lineup, and they have just enough pitching to edge out the Mets for third place in the east and then the fourth place Mets over under 32 and a half wins I'm going to go under good pitching I like their pitching again anytime you can have DeGrom and Stroman in the same rotation you got to like it but their lineup just does not have the same it doesn't have the same effect on me as the Phillies lineup does you got to love Pete Alonso JD Davis is all right it's a fine lineup it's a good lineup but it's it's nothing uh, to fall in love with, in my opinion, uh, it, it's top to bottom really good. There's not really a hole in the lineup, but there's also very few elite bats in that lineup. Uh, and when you lose Syndergaard, when you lose part of that rotation, uh, the Mets become less appealing. And then number five, the Miami Marlins set at 24 and a half over under. I'm going over. I'm going over 24 and a half uh, because unlike the O's, this is going to be a fun bad team. Now every team is going to come into Miami and hope that they can beat the Marlins, because they're going to need those wins uh, to stockpile them as as a cushion, as currency, whenever they go up against the Nationals, the Rays, the Yankees, the Phillies. But the Marlins have enough power in their lineup. They have enough pieces in that rotation with Caleb Smith, Sandy Arcantara. They're going to be good, and, and good in the relative scale of bad teams. They're going to be a fun team to watch, even though they're going to be terrible in the win-loss column. And part of why they're terrible in the win-loss column is Is because they're playing in the East. If you put this team in the Central, I think that they'd be, you know, third best team probably. I mean, battling at least for, for third best team. I think that they're better than the Tigers. They're probably better than the Royals right now. They're better than the Pirates. I mean, there you go and then who knows what can happen after that. But I really like the Marlins pitching. I really like their young prospects. I love that lineup in terms of a bad lineup. It's a good lineup, if that makes sense. I would compare it to the Royals. It's going to be competitive top to bottom. No one's going to look at that lineup and be scared. But top to bottom, it'll be competitive. Uh, and it'll be fun to watch. And that's what the Royals will do as well. Uh, once they have every regular in there, they're going to be very fun to watch. They're not going to give away outs. So there's not going to be a real hole in their lineup, but they're also not going to be devastating world beaters for these other pitching staffs. Uh, but I like the Marlins. They're fun to watch. I love watching Caleb Smith pitch. I love watching Brian Anderson. It's a fun, bad team. It really is. It's a fun, bad team. And I know they get a bad rap because of their attendance numbers, but guess what? Everyone's attendance numbers this year is zero. So moving over to the West, Real quick, we've got the AL West. I've got the Astros going over 35 wins. They have a lot of injuries in that bullpen to start the season. No Ozuna, no Peacock. Uh, no. Uh, I think they've lost two other bullpen arms that I can't think of off the, off the top of my head. But we've seen in Kansas City the last two days, they're still really good. They're still really good. Uh, Lance McCullers looked incredible in Kansas City on Monday. So you put him in that rotation, You know, back in that rotation with Grinky and Verlander. I'm taking the over and the Astros to win the AL West. The A's at 31 and a half wins. I'm skeptical about the A's because they typically start slow, although I think that now everyone understands what's on the line in a 60-game season. My only question is do they have enough arms at every level, at the rotation, at the bullpen. Do they have enough arms to get through this season? Because I like that lineup. I really do. But I I question their arms. I'm, I'm going to go under 31, uh, 33 and a half, excuse me. So I'll go under, but they're still going to win uh, second place in the AL West. And then number three, the Rangers, 29 and a half. I'm going to go over. They're going to compete with the A's for that second place. Uh, this is banking on those old arms like old friend Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, uh, Kyle Gibson. That's banking on them returning to what they did last year, duplicating what they did last year, which is a big, big bank. I mean, you, uh, I, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to bank on that. Uh, But I do like the the Rangers. I like what they've built there. Uh, I think that they're going to be like a third-place team. And then you have the Angels. I'm going to go under 32 wins. Now, look, they don't have enough pitching. They did not improve improve their pitching enough. It's going to take an offseason or two uh, to get that pitching up there. Shohei is going to be so fun to watch as he's returning to the mound this year. He's going to DH. Here's the issue. Mike Trout will leave the team eventually. I mean, he's going to leave the team for the birth of his kid. And – you can't just hop back on the team. I mean, you've got to quarantine. You've got to go through this process. You've got to test negative for, for coronavirus. Uh, so I I don't think that the Astros, with, with not enough pitching, and you take Mike Trout out of that lineup, I don't think that they're good enough uh, to weather that storm. So uh, I have them at fourth with the under 32 wins. Uh, number five, the Mariners, 25 wins under there because you look at this division again. You look at this region again. The Astros are going to need those wins against the M's the A's are going to need those wins against the M's. If the Rangers want to be the third place team, they're going to need those wins against the M's. The Dodgers are going to need to compile those wins against the M's. And then from there, as we move into the NL West, after the Dodgers, who are going to have a 37.5 over-under with the best lineup in baseball, with a good pitching staff, I I am tempted to take the over, and I'm going to do it. Scared money don't make money. I'm taking the over. Dodgers are the best team in baseball, uh, and they're going to win the NL West. But after that, you can convince me of any of these teams besides the Giants hopping up. So let's do the Giants first. I'm going to do the under 25 and a half. Same reason. Every game matters in this season and and the Giants are not going to catch, you know, these elite teams uh, not focusing and not uh, taking them seriously uh, and be able to surprise them. So I'm going to take the under on that 25 and a half mark for the Giants. They also have just nothing to look forward to. I guess Evan Longoria still hanging around if you want to watch him play. Uh, but now, two through four, anything can happen. You can convince me that you believe in this bounce back by the Rockies lineup. You can tell me that you think that Madison Bumgardner and the Marte party in Arizona is going to be awesome. And for me, I'm taking the Padres at number two. I'm taking the Padres to finish second in the NL West with a over of 31 wins. They've put together a young lineup with Tatis, Manny Machado, even Eric Hosmer, if he can turn around that launch angle, which let's not count on that. But they've also added Tommy Pham. They have uh, they have Will Myers, old friend. They have a good lineup here in, in San Diego. I love Chris Paddock. I think that Mackenzie Gore could get called up this year. Uh, who knows on that front? Uh, but this Padres team, I've been saying it for a couple of years. They're right on the cusp. They're right on the cusp. And in a 60-game season, it's time for them to get over that hump and get back to the postseason. We'll see if that pans out on Friday with my postseason predictions. Uh, But I'm taking the over 30 wins for San Diego. And then number three, the Diamondbacks. I do like the Marte parties. I do like Baumgardner. uh, But I'm taking the under on 31 wins, and I have the Diamondbacks finishing third. And then the Rockies. I just don't love anything about the Rockies besides Nolan Arenado. I really don't. I think that that lineup is lackluster. I, I think that, you know, it's Arenado and Story and everyone else. I don't like the pitching staff. Obviously, you never do in Colorado. The only pitcher I really uh, believe in is John Gray. But again, when you're facing the Dodgers in Colorado, when you're facing the Rangers in Colorado, the Astros in Colorado, any pitcher is going to give up a ton of runs. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. So I don't like that Rockies team. So in the NL West, I've got Dodgers, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Giants. In the AL West, I've got Astros, Rangers, Angels, Mariners. And in the NL East, I've got Braves, Nationals, Phillies, Mets, Marlins. And in the AL East, I've got Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Orioles. And so that concludes the West and East regions in the preview here on Locked on Royals. Tomorrow, we're going to do the AL Central and the NL Central. We're also going to recap tonight's Cardinals game at 3 o'clock on Fox Sports, Kansas City. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Royals.